Howdy guys, how's it going? This is Lifelong and I am Heidi Coombe-John, your host. I'm a certified holistic health and nutrition coach with a passion for non-toxic living and longevity. And today we're going to be talking about acupuncture and Chinese medicine. And we're also going to go deeper and talk about detoxification and the lymphatic system through the lens of traditional Chinese medicine. And if you're new here, you might not know that acupuncture and Chinese medicine were the beginning of my holistic health journey. And I strongly encourage for you to go listen to episode 12 of Lifelong because I share my entire story there and you'll hear what role acupuncture and Chinese medicine played Um, on my life and health and now my career. So I'm super thrilled to be bringing on Dr. Katie Pedrick, who is behind a really innovative app called Get Moxa. She's a doctor of Chinese medicine and herbalist, and she began her career in cancer and pharmaceutical research. She has her degree from Harvard University And she also obtained her doctorate in acupuncture and oriental medicine from the Pacific College of Health Sciences. She's very clearly passionate about combining modern Western science with ancient Eastern wisdom. And she's on a mission to empower others to reach their most vibrant health through accessible wellness. And If you know me, you know that accessibility is a huge part of the Holistic with Heidi mission. Everyone deserves to know this information about low toxic living and longevity and, you know, finances, accessibility, nothing should be getting in the way for people to live their healthiest and best lives. So I love seeing innovative companies like Get Moxa pop up because it's solving that problem of the the difficulty of having that financial barrier to entry or accessibility problem when it comes to things in the holistic health and wellness sphere. So you got to give this one a listen because you're going to learn a lot more about this app very affordable, super cool, but also you're going to learn the 101 behind Chinese medicine and what it is and how it can improve your life. So with that, help me welcome Dr. Katie Pedrick. Hey Katie, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? So nice to be here. It's nice to have you. I'm doing well. Um, always excited to talk to doctors of Chinese medicine. Uh, that's how my whole journey began, as I was telling you last time we spoke. But yeah, my whole life with holistic health really started when I was a teenager with Chinese medicine, with an awesome doctor of Chinese medicine back in Milwaukee. So I always love talking to other doctors of Chinese medicine. So excited to have you here today. So excited to be here. Yeah, well, let's 
let's get started because I want to hear, and the audience wants to hear a bit more about you and Moxa. You guys are doing something very innovative, especially when it comes to Chinese medicine. Chinese medicine is such a traditional and ancient practice, and you're really modernizing it with Moxa. Can you explain the story and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, sure. So I guess um, a little bit of background on myself. Um, I am a licensed acupuncturist, but prior to that, I worked in cancer research and pharmaceutical research. Um, My background is like very Western and science heavy. And then I came to acupuncture and Chinese medicine sort of after becoming really disenchanted with the Western system of, of using drugs and wanting to be a doctor, but not wanting to use drugs for it. Um, mm-hmm. Went to acupuncture school. It was the best decision ever. And now I use acupuncture and herbs to, to help people in my clinic. And so we created uh, this really cool iPhone app called Moxa that basically is like having an acupuncturist in your pocket. So the app creates custom acupressure protocols for you based on a series of questions so that it's choosing points that are highly targeted. So they're very specific for any energetic imbalances that the user is having based on how I diagnose and treat people in my clinic here in Boston. And the idea for the app really came around when my clinic closed during COVID. So in early COVID, of course, everything closed, my clinic closed, um, and I couldn't see any of my patients in in person anymore. So what we started doing was virtual sessions because even though we were closed, people still really needed care and they really needed access to all of the strategies and treatments that I had probably more so because they were super stressed out and sitting around at home all day. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we started doing telemedicine, which would be, you know, over zoom. Um, and I would give them acupressure advice that they could do at home diet lifestyle, things that they can change in their lives to help get this, the same effects that we were getting in the clinic. And at the time, one of my clients was, um, my now co-founder, Alan, mm-hmm. who's really wonderful. And he was, um, in business school at the time. And he sort of said, you know, what will be great is if we could make this more scalable and affordable. So we created the app so that more people could have those benefits, even if they, you know, didn't have an acupuncturist near them or didn't have um, the funds to pay for an acupuncturist, just make everything more accessible so that everybody can be living a happier, healthier life. So it's an iPhone app that gives you essentially that same digital experience that I was giving my patients, but for a a tiny, tiny fraction of the price. Most of the app is free and, um, and, you know, conveniently wherever you are, when you're, when you're trying to get your acupressure on. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. Especially during a time, you know, when business or businesses are shutting down and being a, you know, doctor of Chinese medicine, you're really reliant on being in person with your patients, but you, you made lemonade and you, you know, created this amazing app and it's solving this problem too of, you know, accessibility. There's so many people that, you know, they want to live a healthier, more holistic lifestyle. And one of the barriers to entry is, is finances. So Mm -hmm. I think that this app and just having solutions like this are, are so exciting because it gets more people, it gives more people access and everyone wants to be healthier. You know what I mean? And 
the, the excuse, uh, I shouldn't say excuse, sometimes it's, it, it's an excuse, but a lot of times it really is just a barrier to entry as, you know, not being able to afford or not having someone qualified nearby. Maybe you live in a small town and you don't have a doctor of Chinese medicine or you don't have, you know, a functional doctor or different holistic people nearby. It's, it's so great to have solutions like this. So let's break it down further in terms of traditional Chinese medicine, because Mm -hmm. this is a massive philosophy, school of thought. I mean, it's, it's ancient medicine. How would you explain traditional Chinese medicine to someone that is completely unfamiliar. Yeah. So I think there are sort of two ways that I explain acupuncture and Chinese medicine, sort of depending on how, um, you know, I think we all come to the table with our own preconceived notions and our own ideas from where we've come from about Chinese medicine and energy and sort of how scientific or not scientific it is. And uh, it's actually it's actually extremely scientific <laughs> considering mm-hmm. my, my background in science is the the uh, description I like to give. Um, but I would sort of give two. So the first one would be that it's based on life energy or chi in your body. And this is a concept that is central to just about every traditional culture on the planet. Um, you know, that something is moving in our bodies and that is the difference between being alive and dead is the idea that energy is moving and powering every body process. And so in Chinese medicine, we look at how energy is moving in your body and then adjust any imbalances we might see or places where it's stagnating to help achieve optimal health. Because when energy is moving, we're healthy. And when energy gets stuck or when there's not enough of it, or when there's too much, that's when we start to get symptoms or, you know, various different diseases begin to come up. And so energy travels in our body through these channels that we call meridians. And we use acupuncture acupuncture needles or, you know, fingers or tools for acupressure to help adjust the flow of energy in your body to maintain optimal health. And sort of the flip side of that is the sort of more Western explanation where the idea of energy here in America is a little like a little out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that what people, you know, don't always understand is that it's, it's two sides of the same coin and that what acupuncture is describing are very real phenomena that we see in the body. And they're just sort of describing them in a different way, using different language, um, because it's just culturally based and comes from a different place than we do here. But from a Western perspective, a lot of the reason that acupuncture works comes down to fascia in our body. And so fascia is this connective tissue that surrounds every organ, every muscle in your body and, um, helps them all to move against one another uh, to, to avoid friction. If you ever like dissected a pig in high school, or I mean, maybe not a pig, my high school did pigs, <laughs> dissected a frog, any animal, there's this filmy tissue around every organ and structure in their body. And that's fascia. It's this physical thing. And we used to think that fascia was there primarily just to reduce friction as things move, you breathe, you move your arms. Um, but what they've discovered in the last 20 years or so is that fascia is actually a very lot alive, changeable, multiple tissue. It affects blood flow. It affects hormone balance. Um, it can create pain. It can solve pain. 
And acupuncture points map with, I believe, 90% uh, accuracy to places where fascia overlaps with other pieces of fascia. And when you put an acupuncture needle into one of these places, there are measurable changes in the tissue and the fascial tissue that happens there that then creates measurable changes in blood flow and hormone balance creating pain, getting rid of pain. Mm. And so a a large component of acupuncture can basically be explained by how fascia functions in our body, which is still a relatively new area of of science here in the West. Wow. That's a really cool explanation. I haven't heard the, I guess that flip side explanation. Mm -hmm. I've always, you know, known more about the energetic perspective, but that's because I'm more of a woo-woo person. Yes. (laughs) Um, But it's really interesting to hear that because I've been learning more about fascia myself and Mm -hmm. even have experimented with different fascia and like bodywork therapies besides Mm -hmm. just acupuncture. I I do acupuncture as well, but I did something called rolfing, which is fascia massage and um curious to hear your your thoughts on this but i'm really interested in that i guess like trauma body connection in a way so mm-hmm. let me rewind for a second when i started okay. acupuncture as a teenager i was going in for um help with panic disorder and mm-hmm. i was totally blown away because i was 16 and clueless and couldn't give a crap about healthy living. I just wanted to be a teenager. And I go in because I'm having these crazy panic attacks, too scared to go to school. And in, I, I just knew that I didn't want to be on medication. So I decided to, you know, go to some lady and get poked with needles. And um, so anyways, I'm, I'm veering off a little bit, but I saw tremendous results in this like mind body connection Mm -hmm. by this work being done. And now what I'm learning about fascia is that emotion and trauma and and pain, you know, physical and emotional pain and things like that can be stored in our fascia. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with that at all? Like, or is that, I guess, how would you describe that? I feel very, again, woo woo when I'm trying to explain it myself and I'm doing a poor job, but let me know your thoughts. Yeah. I think that's one of the many places where, um, you know, Eastern medicine, Eastern medicine came about because of just a very close observation of the body over thousands and thousands of years. And, um, they sort of drew these correlations that we here in the West don't always see. And so I think in America there, we really like to make things into its most simplistic form. So we like to look at, you know, what's the function of your liver? What's the function of your heart? What's the function of your stomach? And when it comes to things like trauma, that's going to all fall under, you know, what's the function of your brain. But the problem with that view is that it doesn't take into account these really holistic overarching trends that happen in your body. And so the difference being that in Eastern medicine, it's much more a look at how does my body feel in the summertime? How does my body feel in the wintertime? How does my body feel if I've been under stress for a long period of time? And that's not going to come down to one single organ system. That's going to come down to how your entire body responds to all of those different 
hormonal cascades to all of the neurotransmitters, to everything that's happening in your body in response to an event or in response to an intervention. So when it comes to trauma, trauma is, you know, an extreme form of stress. And there are different versions of trauma that we can get into or not get into, um, you know, extreme trauma or like this small, mild trauma that people go through every day. But what happens is if you just think about for a second, like, how does my body feel when I'm happy? And if you really sit in that, like if you try to create a feeling of happiness in your body, you probably feel like light, you feel sort of glowy. You feel like everything's flowing. It's like a really good place. And then if you think, how does my body feel when I'm stressed, your body feels, or at least my body feels, it starts to feel tense. It starts to feel you kind of like curve inward. Mm -hmm. You feel this almost stagnation of energy that happens in your body as things stop moving. And the result of that can be you know, saved in your body because our bodies are very smart and they're designed to survive. So when you undergo trauma, your body understands that that has happened to it once and is therefore prepared for it to happen again so that it can keep you safe so that it can keep you alive. And that memory is stored in your body. And I don't know if this is where you were going or not with the fascia, but we think of that as being, you know, if we think of fascia as being basically energetic meridians, we think about those feelings as being stored in the channels. Mm -hmm. And so trauma typically causes our energy to stop moving or stagnate. And that stagnation is what creates all of the symptoms that come about from trauma. And that stagnation can manifest in many different ways in many different different organ systems, because the root cause of it is the stagnation, the energy, not moving, not necessarily a problem with your stomach. Although maybe you did develop, you know, digestive issues after mm-hmm. having a traumatic event. Wow. Yeah. That's a good explanation. And, and in a sense, acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine, acupressure, these different things, they really help release that energy. Exactly. And then everything starts getting better, whether it's your digestion or your anxiety. It's it's kind of like a full body feeling, which is super cool. Um, So as far as you've been touching a lot on the connection or I guess your background in both Western Mm -hmm. and Eastern medicine, that's so cool that you have both experiences because the, the two can feel very polarizing at times, but I think there is a beautiful, um, like bridging that's going on. Do you, what kind of innovation do you see coming in the next couple of years when it comes to um, traditional medicines and philosophies with modern day, like Western scientific? Yeah. Science? So I think all, you know, already the, the body of research that they're doing on acupuncture is growing every day. I think there's a misconception that there's no peer reviewed research or there's no compelling peer reviewed research, or it's not research backed. And that is just purely untrue. Acupuncture only came to the United States in the 1970s. And they only really started doing research on it, you know, in like, I think maybe the eighties or nineties, I guess, don't quote me on that. I could be wrong, but the, the research for it has been slow to start because very few people stand to profit financially from Mm -hmm. creating Mm -hmm. more of this research. 
And it has just been slower to come because we've been doing research on Western medicine longer, but there is more and more of it all the time. And I think I certainly can't speak to where you are or to other states, but here in Massachusetts, you know, insurance is starting to cover it more. It's getting much more um, exposure. I find that the general public is much more open to it. And as that happens, it sort of creates this cascade of events that will make it more mainstream. So I like, you know, when I graduated from acupuncture school seven years ago, I used to get asked at cocktail parties. Like I'd say at an ac- I'm an acupuncturist and they go, Oh, does that work? Mm. And I, I truly cannot tell you the last time that I was asked that because now if I tell people I'm an acupuncturist, they go, Oh yeah. My sister gets that all the time and she loves it. Everybody mm. it feels like everybody, at least here has a personal story with it. And so I think as that happens, we're going to see a couple different things. I think we're going to see a lot of innovation in terms of the accessibility and the technology behind it, which Mm -hmm. is one of the places where Moxa is really trying to to push the envelope there and helping people to become more aware of what they can do to help themselves. Um, But I think it's also going to really change the way that that we look at medicine and the way people treat themselves. There's already been this push in the last however many years towards holistic health. I think people overall are tending to look more for solutions that aren't pharmaceuticals and are starting to look more outside the Western model. And I think one of the really beautiful things about Eastern medicine is that it really focuses on preventative medicine and we can help you if something is actively going wrong in your body, but we can also make sure that doesn't happen in the first place. We can keep you in the best shape possible to just not get sick. And I think, or I hope, I guess that that will begin to change the way we think about healthcare in America and the way that people begin to take care of their bodies. Because I would really love to think that, you know, 20 years from now, everybody is doing more preventative health things. And then as a result, we see all of these chronic diseases that have been just crescendoing for the last 15 years start to decline. So I think you asked about technology, but on the technology side, I think where you'll have more apps, more availability of telemedicine with practitioners like myself, um, and hopefully more access in hospitals and, you know, your PCP's office, mm-hmm. in addition to just sort of changing the face of healthcare. It's, yeah, it's so exciting that there's, you know, this whole world of opportunity kind of coming together right in front of us, you know, being people that have been interested in holistic medicine and healing for X number of years. Myself, it's been like 10 years and I, I've witnessed it as well, you know, seeing how even like nutritionally people are focusing more on what ingredients they're consuming. People are becoming more mindful of the products they are using. Like I was buying non-toxic cleaning products and makeup when I was in college. And that was Uh, I don't know, five years ago, whatever, something like that. And there were barely any options. And now just five years later, there are so many options. There's so many new like retailers. And I'm just sensing this really big shift and I'm I'm excited, but I was um, very grateful to hear, I guess, your perspective as well. So as far as accessibility, Moxa is a wonderful solution to you know, creating more accessibility when it comes to acupuncture, acupressure, Chinese medicine, all the things. Are there any other 
I guess, solutions you could offer to the everyday person who's looking for more just accessible uh, t- traditional Chinese medicine solutions or even just holistic health solutions, yeah. anything at all. Yeah. Obviously, the, the app, we can plug that again, but totally. Um, well, I think, I mean, not, not to necessarily plug it, but I do think Moxa is really sort of leading the wave in this. And it's kind of the first of its kind in a lot of ways. Um, in terms of other options for holistic health and learning more about Eastern medicine, I think that, you know, things like Instagram are really a blessing and a curse because there are a lot of people on there claiming to be experts in things that maybe they're not, which means that there's a lot of misinformation as long as, as well as a lot of good information. Um, but I think that if you are careful about vetting who it is that you follow and who you get information from, I think Instagram is actually a really great choice to, to find out more on a more surface level. And so finding people like myself who are, you know, licensed by a medical board who have certifications and qualifications um, to say what they're saying and following them and sort of learning more from them is a really great choice if you don't have someone near you. I think that the best choice is always to try and find an acupuncturist or an herbalist in your area and try to create a one-on-one relationship with them. Because when it comes to Eastern medicine, we really think of everything, you know, personalized is always better because everyone's body is unique. And there's some really great overarching advice that's good for, you know, 90% of the population, but the best choice is always to have a conversation with a professional about your unique situation so that they can help you in the best way, um, reach your own optimal health. There aren't, there aren't many like apps or websites that are doing this right now in a, in a responsible way that I'm aware of. Um, but I think that finding good people on Instagram and finding someone who is in your area is the best way to get more info. Yeah, I know. Instagram really is like, I love it because I (laughs) learn and then you come across something and it's like, what on earth? Like, where did they ever find this information like what are they even saying but most of the time you know it's good stuff and I agree with you it's just about like finding those good people that are accredited and you know have expertise so going to shift the topic a little bit Mm -hmm. still you know centered around PCM and all that but I want to talk about lymphatic drainage because it is all the rage these days for good reason what are some TCM tools that can help promote lymphatic drainage? Yeah. So as far as physical tools, you might be familiar with Gua Sha, which is, yes. you know, blowing up on Instagram and in many places. Um, and that is sort of a jade scraping tool that we use and scraping sounds very violent, but it's not, it's not at all. <laughs> And you can use that to sort of gently assist with lymphatic drainage, particularly in your face and your neck and your shoulders. Um, it's actually also useful everywhere on your body. So I like to do gua sha on my legs nearly every day. It helps um, because it helps with lymphatic drainage. It can also help with things like cellulite and smoothing your skin, which is really wonderful. But the way that we look at lymphatic drainage and the way that we look at detoxification in Eastern medicine is a little bit different than in Western medicine, kind of 
the way I was touching before on like fascia versus energetic meridians. Uh And so the exact concept of lymphatic drainage is not something that we really talk about in Chinese medicine. We'll talk about how fluid moves in your body and fluid metabolism. And those are controlled primarily by your kidney, your energetic kidney organ, as well as your energetic spleen organ. And so that means that it comes down to basically having good digestion and also being well rested and taking good care of yourself and not burning the candle from both ends. Acupuncture can act as a natural diuretic. So it is a really wonderful tool to help with lymphatic drainage and help support your body in eliminating toxins that are maybe existing in your lymph, um, as well as helping to move things around. We do, um, we do acupuncture all the time to help with, you know, puffiness and swelling, because that's a really obvious way that we notice lymphatic Mm -hmm. systems getting backed up. Um, but it helps on a lower level as well. Even if you're not seeing obvious swelling to help keep things moving efficiently in your body. Mm. Yeah, no, I love that you were able to share it through the PCM lens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All, all good stuff. Uh, as far as detoxification and some of these other meridians, I know it's to the layperson, it is a little complicated to understand the different like organs and mm-hmm. um, meridians and energetics, and I'm probably butchering some of that. But what are right. some ways that a person could support their liver, their skin, and their lungs? Because those are three drainage pathways that I talk a lot about, and I know that my audience is interested in. What I guess, yeah, are some ways one could support liver, skin, and lungs. Yeah. So um, I'm sure you also talk about the importance of having bowel movements all the time to help things oh, come yes. up. Some very yes. pro pooping. <laughs> so I would say a big, a, one of my number one ways to support that is going to be pooping, which is like so critically important. Um, acupuncture can help to regulate sort of all of those. So we think of your skin as being emblematic of the health of essentially everything that's happening in your body. When something happens in your body, it comes out on your skin. And so that can be really great if you have great skin and things are in balance. And it can be really frustrating if you're currently going through, you know, any variety of detoxants causing you to break out or get little dry patches or, you know, bumps on your arms, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that from the Chinese perspective, everything comes from the gut. And while we think of like your skin, your liver, your lungs as all being really important, we think of all of those as sort of centrally convalescing on your gut and the importance of good digestive health as well. So for people who are suffering from digestive health issues, I would say nine times out of 10, a probiotic, a good probiotic is a really good choice as something that they can add in. And nearly everyone needs to be drinking more water than they are already drinking. Mm. It is very rare that I encounter someone who is actually drinking enough water (laughs) and it's, sometimes I'm sure you see this as well. It's sometimes miraculous what a difference someone can see in their skin, in their anxiety, in their digestive health. If the only thing they change is drinking more water every day and they'll come in and say, yeah, I feel amazing. (laughs) Back to the basics. Exactly. Back to the basics. I think we sometimes like to think, make things more complicated than they need to be, but at the heart of it, it's eat lots of vegetables, drink lots of water, make sure you're pooping. If you're not pooping, see someone like myself who can help you poop without, um, without necessarily using a laxative mm-hmm. or 
and aggressive laxative because we want your body to be doing it by itself. Yeah, no, those are all great. Um, thank you. So yeah. in closing, I want to sh- talk a little bit more about resources. I know we, we talked about accessibility, mm-hmm. but as far as like books, podcasts, even Instagram accounts, yeah. besides your own, which <laughs> please share about yours and Moxa's anything. Now's the time to share all resources, your For own sure. and others. <laughs> For sure. Well, everyone can follow me on, on Instagram. I am very licensed and certified. My Instagram handle is at vibe acupuncture. Acupuncture has one C in it. Sometimes people spell it with two C's. Um, And then Moxa's account, we also share tons of really great content on there. And that is also me writing all of that content. So it is all vetted and science-backed. And that's at get Moxa. As far as books, I really love, there's a book called Between Heaven and Earth, which is a really wonderful primer on Eastern medicine. If you're interested in the more traditional energetic explanation, Um, and it goes through all the organ systems, how we view energy, how they flow in your body, and then some about sort of how acupuncture came into existence, which I think is all really important context. My other top favorite book is called The Spark in the Machine. And that book is much more science-backed. And so that one has, I don't know how many, but hundreds of scientific references talking Mm. more about fascial science um, and embryology and sort of the science of acupuncture, which I think is a really great companion. And between those two books, you'll get a really good overview of what we're doing here. Um, Another really great traditional book, just one more, is called The Web That Has No Weaver, which is- Oh, yeah. It's a great one. That was the first acupuncture book that I read before I went to acupuncture school as well. Yeah, that one is really good. It definitely Mm -hmm. was, it was very Um, Mm in-depth, but it was still easy to understand in a way. It it just took me a little bit longer than like a regular book. I find that one to be a little bit more dense than Between Heaven and Earth, which is why I sometimes recommend Between Heaven and Earth first, but they're Uh both really great books. Yeah, I need to check that one out. Thank you. And it's so interesting that I, f- I feel like every question you've answered has embodied your essence of the Western side and the Eastern side of things. Yeah. Like you've always, are, you're like this perfect mesh. That's not the most beautiful <laughs> word, but like the, you really are, you know, bridging that gap. And that's super cool. And it's been yeah. really fun having you on. Thank you. It's been so nice being here. I, I always try because I, I think the science is really interesting. So I, and I think that it's easy to mesh the two if you have the education on both. So it's nice to point out the correlations. Yeah.